Hi, I'm Elissa Nicole Trust, an actor and writer living in New York City. Hey, I'm Lauren Schaffel, an actress and producer also living in New York City. And, and we, we are Positive, Positive Creativity, Creativity Podcast. Positive Creativity is a podcast where we speak with writers, directors, and other artists about what they're working on, what's inspiring them, and how they stay positive in this industry. We are looking to shed light on all of the wonderful projects happening in New York and beyond. Our goal is to give creative artists a platform to talk about their work and to give theater and film lovers the opportunity to learn about more creatives and projects. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you with support from Ahava Theater Company. Jennifer Apple is a multi-hyphenated artist who hails from NYC and is a huge fan of new work and truthful storytelling. She currently plays the role of Anna in the Band's Visit Tour. She has appeared on TV in New Amsterdam and holds an MFA in acting from the American Conservatory Theater. Jennifer is also an acting coach specializing in BFA and MFA auditions, finding new material specifically for you, acting the song, monologue coaching, and scene study. Elise Melendez is a creative entrepreneur and arts educator dedicated to empowering individuals and strengthening communities. As the co-founder and executive director of Motivated Movers NYC, she has spent the last 10 years guiding artists toward more confident relationships with dance. Off the dance floor, Elise is an inaugural board member for Denman Theater and Dance Company, a scene makers board member for the Goodman Theater, and director of professional communities for the American Marketing Association. Welcome, Jennifer and Elise. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We are really excited to chat with you both. Oh, we're so excited to be here. Yes, this is so exciting. It's always fun when we get to have two guests on at once. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really, it's a cool thing to be able to talk to multiple people on our podcast and especially an inspiring dynamic duo like you two. Oh, that's the title for us, Jennifer. We're a new, I know. We're a new dynamic it. duo. I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> I'll take some commission off of it. Thanks. <laughs> just um, so we would love to start by asking this, this larger question, and maybe we can answer each of you. Um, what is currently inspiring you? Oh. <laughs> wow. What a, what a beautiful, big question. Do you want to go first, Jennifer? No, I need a moment. Okay, that's fine. I can go. Mine's pretty simple, probably because I just finished teaching. Um, what inspires me right now is the artists that I get to work with on almost a daily basis. I find, uh, so I, a little background, my world is part in the arts and part in the marketing industry. Um, so every moment that I step back into the arts, whether it's to teach dance or to work with um, Empowered Artists Collective, which is what we're probably going to talk about today a little bit. Um, I just feel like I am re-energized, like my hope expands like creativity enters back into the space and I just am simply in awe of artists and their resilience and commitment to innovation during this uh, crazy year of 2020. So that's as far as I need to go for inspiration. That's beautiful. I, I might, I might echo. Is that, I mean, am I stealing? I guess whatever. we're a dynamic duo. Well, so it makes, we yeah, are. Yep. <laughs> so so <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm probably in the same boat. Um, obviously, my dog inspires me to like be a great mom, a doggy mommy, an obsessive doggy mommy. But um, unless the personal note in a more creative way, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm really grateful um, to be working with some really really incredible artists right now, whether personally or through Empowered um, Artists Collective, um, or in the other places that I'm uh, on roster to teach and master classes and all of that and there's so many individuals who are like doing great work and are hungry and are passionate and uh, keeping my hope for the future of the arts alive. So that's definitely giving, giving me some joy, much needed joy. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So speaking of which, 
both of you, um, I'm curious to hear more about this, but both of you have started this wonderful collaboration called the Empowered Artists Collective. Um, we'd love to hear what inspired the creation of this group and the, the story behind it all. I want to hear like how you guys met, like how this all happened. <laughs> oh, goodness. Are you ready for the origin story, Jennifer? I mean, who who isn't really? Uh, it's it's so funny because whenever we're asked this, I mean, at least when I have a moment where we just look at each other and it's just like it's blurry. It really is like our origin story is blurry, and that I don't distinctively remember like the first time I met Elise. I feel like there were like a few memorable things, and it's like chicken or the egg. Which one came first? We just know that it all kind of happened around the same time. Um, you can take that one. I feel like you tell that origin story better than I do. <laughs> okay, and then you can take the 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 phone call that started started this. Started off. this. Yeah. yeah, I think. Um, oh my goodness, I just looked out my window and it's snowing. Sorry, that was just a very wow. I haven't seen snow. Anyways, wow. um, <laughs> was that was his message. You heard um, it here first, folks. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming no, it's to here. a place near you. I love that. Okay, snow also inspires me and sparks joy. Um, anyways, <laughs> so Jennifer and I were both uh, artists training in Jen Waldman's studio back in like, I don't know, 2011, 12. Um, and I know that that is the place in which we met, whether that was in, I, we know it wasn't a class. We did not overlap in the same class. It might have been like the private forum that's part of that studio, could have just been in the audition space, my like most vivid memory of a, like the first maybe real meaningful conversation in time with Jennifer was at a Fiddler on the Roof audition, which which we laugh at because I shouldn't have been there necessarily. <laughs> That's a conversation for another, for another time. time. <laughs> but I remember like walking to Ripley and like there we were, you know, seats outside. I think it was the 16th floor, chairs up against the wall. And I remember seeing Jennifer and I was like, oh my goodness, a friendly face. And so we started talking. Um, and I, I know that that for me was the most vivid start to our friendship. I will say our friendship has been one in which we've been drawn to one another's energy. We've had great respect for what one another does in their, in, in the arts industry and in their space and how they show up in the world. But we have not um, had a ton of time together. So I was in New York for a little bit. I don't know that we spent a ton of time at all, Jennifer, right? And then I moved to Chicago and that was really when I got to see you. I got to see you two times in Chicago. One when you were coming through after grad school, heading back to New York and one on the band's visit tour. And oh. that's what I love about living in Chicago now is I actually tend to see more of my artist friends than ever before because they come through and who you're going to see oh well I got to find someone familiar to spend some time with and Jennifer and I just had amazing conversations just completely heart aligned a lot about arts education um and I think that's when our our friendship really began to foster but it was a slow slow and uh yet very beautiful and very clearly drawn to one another start to our relationship. Yeah, it wasn't like we had like years under our belt, though. It's I mean, like, truly, I feel like I came to a point like you could probably count how many times you saw each other hand or like spend like literally one hand. Literally um, one. Those yeah. two times in Chicago, that audition. Correct. We'll allow ourselves to say two other times, but we, we're not. Correct. Sure. Yeah, like those three concrete times. And it's crazy because every every time I've come to Chicago, again, like two times. One was when I took a cross country coming back from grad school. And then this one was with the band's visit, I guess, when, what is time a year ago? Wow. Um, you know, yeah. so, but both of those times, Elise was one of those people that I was like, oh, right, Elise is there. Let me reach out. Like, duh. As in like, I, for some reason, right. It's not like I had, we'd had this long-term relationship that I was like, yeah, my God, my bestie. Like, but for some reason I was always like, yeah, of course I'd reach out to Elise. Like she's there. Um, which goes back to exactly what Elise was saying, which is like, whatever it was, we had this uh, connection, energy, respect um, for each other and the work that each of us had done. And I, I, and I guess that was enough. So that was our origin. 
Yeah. So fast forward or rewind. I, where are we in time? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's the question. That's the question of 2020. Honestly. Where are Honestly. we in time? Where are we in Honestly. time? I don't know. Uh, but in August 2020 begins the origin story of Empowered Artists Collective. So Jennifer, yeah. this is your beauty. I'll take it away. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it goes back to the initial question, which you asked of like what's inspiring us or, you know, me, I'll speak on behalf of myself. Um, the one really wonderful thing, or I guess there's a few, but the major uh, shift that has happened over the pandemic is that I've really been able to focus my energies into coaching and into teaching, which I had been doing prior to the pandemic, but, and, and on tour and prior to tour one-on-ones, masterclasses, workshops. Um, but given the nature of our industry being shut down, this the shift really lent itself towards leaning into that. And I was, I'm really privileged in that. I have been able to do quite a lot of that over this time. And over the summer I was doing, I had been doing a lot of it. And I had this moment, I wasn't creating anything. Like, let's be clear, Netflix and I were besties. The couch and I were besties. I was sitting and not really doing much. And it was, it, you know, that's hard. It's really hard to like, look at other people around you and be like, compare leads to despair and seeing that they're doing stuff. And you're like, I'm, I'm not. And then I had a moment where I was like, no, no, you are, you are just shifting your focus and energy. You're not creating as your own independent artist, but you are impacting and creating with these other artists who are doing it themselves. You are integral to that process. You're just not doing it in the way that you're used to. Um, and while I was, I had been coaching so many people, I had this moment where I was like, wait, they're all like training, but truly, and especially in this time, none of them have any life skills. And I don't mean that like belittlingly, it's just like, they've never been taught, you know, like in school and training, like no one has ever taught about money and finances. And now we're in a pandemic and that's like the biggest fear no one's taught about mental health and physical health. And now we're all locked at home and we're losing our minds and we don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to ask for help. Like these little things that we're just never taught. And I had, a, I thought to myself, I was like, I was never taught this stuff either, nor do I claim to know all of it by any you know stretch of the measure. But uh, I, I was like, this shouldn't be the case. Like why are no institutions setting their students up for success in that respect when they graduate to know what to to expect or the things, even if you don't know how to deal with them, to know that they're going to happen, you know, to be empowered with the knowledge of what's coming down the pipeline instead of being blindsided by all this life stuff that no one never taught you. And so I had this moment and I was like, this should change. And I wanted to do something about it. And the only person that I thought of to create something to hopefully change this was Elise. Uh, And again, like why? Unclear. But it, it, it was just the only thing and only person I thought of. Um, and so I, I was like, hey, how are you? Cool. Have a thought, an idea. I want to reach out to you. And uh, somehow in her crazy busy life and schedule, Elise was like, yes. And in, I was it four weeks we created this whole program and launched it? Was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. In a month. Four, four to five. Yeah. Yeah. In a month, we like created, launched this whole entire program. Um, and uh, I've never, it, it, something has never, frankly, been so clear to me because it was, it's so mission driven. And I'll speak on behalf of you, Elise, but feel free to correct me. Like we're both, uh, we both, uh, for, in our artistry, that is a huge reason why we do what we do. It's how can I best serve? How can I show up in service of X, Y, Z? Um, and if there's anything I feel like we're really simpatico on, it's really that. Um, and that has driven and led the creation of this. Um, and it's really just been blossoming and blooming. And I don't know, I'm really, really proud of it and grateful and all the things. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. What are some of the tools that you think are really important for artists to have for a sustainable career? Yeah. I'll start with one and then we can like volley back and forth. Mm-hmm. But we both believe in whole artist wellness. So, you know, the the life and work of an artist is vulnerable. It takes your entire being. That's when the magic happens. But that also means you have to take a 360 view look at who you are as a being, your mental health, 
your spiritual health, your physical health, your vocal health, your relationship health, your financial health, um, you know, all of those things. So the whole artist wellness like concept is really making sure that you're investing as much energy um, and intention into all of those areas that are beyond just the technical craft. Um, we spend so much time entering the industry, working on our craft, working on singing those notes, nailing that pirouette, you know, and that's all really important. But in order to have that thriving, sustainable career that allows you to move forward towards a vision and stick it out, basically, you have to care for your whole being. Um, and that takes a lot of honest conversation. It takes um, sometimes reflection. Yeah, I was gonna say, so it takes sometimes permission to even reflect, to even say like, wait, this is important listen to all of these artists who are so many years into it saying, don't wait until you burn out. Don't wait until you're forced to, to start thinking about these components. What if we could begin now? What if you could begin as you're taking your first steps forward? And those things were something that were so um, vibrant in our conversations where we were already teaching during pandemic, just because we're being forced to take at that 360 view of ourselves. Everyone is, right? What's most important? How do I stay healthy? How do I have resilience in time of grief? Um, and so that's what we're talking about. We're bringing in what we call trailblazers um, to talk about caring for our voice during this time, caring for our, our whole body. Mm. We're talking about money mindfulness. How do we you know, look at the long game? not just the the next three months. Um, and so it has started with us bringing in trailblazers or us designing roadmap, talking about intention. What are goals? We've learned we don't like the word goal, right? I'm, I'm starting to ramble now, but we don't like the word goal. We like vision. We like to think of baby steps forward toward this grand vision that guess what? Only you can decide what is right for you. And so those are the things that we're actually talking about in this three-month space. And I think we've done what? One, one storytelling through movement class, one breaking down the text. Uh, yep, that's it. That's it. That's it. We're not we're not doing really anything technical because you can get that everywhere else. Oh or you God. work with us one on one, and then we do yeah. that with you as part yeah. of like the benefit of being in the org, you know, in the cohort itself. If you're like, this is though what I really need for me to get clarity for my particular vision, then like let's craft that right. But yeah, I think we don't give the space for artists to take a moment of pause and recognize that just because you're in a moment of pause doesn't mean you're not an artist. I feel like that's something that we're belaboring so much into our current cohort. I mean, I know I keep saying it to them, but I'm really saying it to myself as well, which is just because you're not creating doesn't mean you're not an artist. If you took five years off, if you took 10 years off and had a family, that doesn't mean you're still not an artist. You will always true and true in your core. If you believe you are, you are. Who is to say like some, no one else can tell you that you're not. And you know, so just taking a conscious moment to assess, to reflect, to, to um, be vulnerable with your insecurities, with your doubts, with the things that you, you want to uplift or, you know, move through whatever that is like taking that time to really um, be curious about your own artistry and yourself as a human being to then cultivate that artistry. I feel like what a gift to give yourself um, yeah. because then you know where you need to fill in your gaps or, or the things that you want to um, start incorporating or the people that you want to surround yourself with so that you do feel more at peace, at home, secure, loved, whatever it is, um, supported, you know? Um, yeah. And I know it's a lot of it sounds very conceptual, but there really are tangible tools to do this. We just aren't taught them. If anything, I feel like we're counter conditioned to not think about them because what would that mean for you to sit and be like, well, what is my vision for my future? What do I really want to see in, you know, the craft of this world? Um, all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like some of the big themes that we've really been working on with this current cohort is energy management, not just time management. That's been a really big one. Um, learning to ask for what we need, uh, this is, <laughs> you yep. know, especially as women, this is not a thing that we are empowered to do. So we're really, really practicing that on a weekly basis. How do you ask for what you need? How do you identify what you need and then lean into the courage it takes to ask for that? 
How do you um, use accountability in a way that works for you? And how can this cohort be that accountability? How do you share something that's in process, not share something that's a final product, right? So we're creating a space for them to to come forward and share anything that, you know, an idea to a new song they wrote to a monologue they're working on. And how do we honor that process um, and the discovery within that space and not force ourselves to come forward with final products and get so afraid then to share something that's, you know, in development. And so those are until, some right, I- and waiting until you're ready. Like this also, this idea of like waiting until you're ready to, I feel like that feeds right into what you're saying, you know, at least like, and we've been uh, like, yeah, honoring that space of like, who's to say you're not ready? Like, you know, if you're, if you are coming up with resistance for yourself, well, cool, let's check in. What is that? Great. Perhaps that's actually like you really needing to just take the dive and sh- open your heart in this moment and see what comes. Right. Um, I feel like, again, it's a, a way of like refocusing and reshifting the way that we've been taught and um, shaped in this industry, especially as women. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a very, <laughs> very long answer. No, so great. So many, so much to respond to. Like so many, so many thought bubbles are coming up in my brain right now. Um, I want to address first what you said, Jennifer, about this idea of of being an artist and how you will always be an artist, no matter if it's like a year break, five years break, ten years break. Because that's really a reality of this business. You can work steadily and then not have a job for a year or five years or 10 years, right? Um, But finding that inner strength of just knowing, no, this is who I am and this is what I do and I don't need a job to prove that I am an artist is so, so important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's tying in really beautifully with what you were talking about, Elise, of creating with the Empowered Artist Collective, a safe space to just keep nurturing what that artistry is without fear of like judgment or results. And I think it's particularly impressive that you're able to do that virtually. Um, I think that's just so cool because there's always going to be a difference between performing live in front of other people versus, you know, through a computer. But I think that it's, you, that you're able to create a cohort, a cohort that is so open and safe and positive minded to play. That is really an accomplishment. And yeah, I'm just like all the feels right now. I'm just hearing you describe what that looks like. It is kind of amazing though. They've actually really fallen in love with one another. I mean, this was, let's be honest, this was an experiment. We didn't know. We knew the need. We knew we wanted to- I don't know to- if experiment's a fair word. It was a beta test. <laughs> It was a beta, that is a a beta test experiment, but we didn't know. We didn't know how quickly they would bond with one another, right? We had all the right intentions, but we didn't know. They are literally this cohort, they have journey partners, which isn't even, you know, it's a cohort of 14. They have journey partners. So that, you know, shrinks their circle even more just with each of three so that they can, you know, look to one another immediately for support. It's basically accountability partners without us because like accountability, again, goes back to accomplishing something. And that's not what this is. This is like we're here to be present with one another. So we've yeah, we pair them up journeying together. What we didn't plan on was them scheduling their own calls to connect with one another was the relationships they've all built with one another. These, you know, it really has shown that with the right intention and uh understanding of how to hold a space like you can actually develop really meaningful relationships with humans you've never met in person um and and they have done it and it's been really breathtakingly beautiful to see their friendships form and more importantly how they show up for one another I think it's really remarkable and internationally too like we're dealing with we have international cohort members too so they're dealing with time zones they're dealing with like you know, across the, across the world, across the country, across, it's, it's, it's really, uh, really, really beautiful. That is so beautiful. So in Empowered Artist Collective, are you, do you spend any time talking about habits and habit building? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe is it helpful for us to like kind of and we're we're 
slightly shifting because again, this was a beta test in terms of like structure. So we've, we're learning and growing with what worked this time and what won't for the next, but is it helpful for us to talk about like, say the structure of our formatting to kind of like label maybe like the way in which we're building upon stuff? Is that helpful? A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. We would love to hear our listeners. Left. Great. We can talk about 2020 and then I guess we could like sneak peek 2021 because we're already in the building of that, which is going to be so epic. I cannot wait. So uh, we start out with the weekend workshop. Um, obviously, it's a lot of time in front of a computer. So we actually have built in ways within the structure of our programming to break that up um, in order to make it not something that's awfully draining as opposed to impactful. Um, but in that weekend, it's jam-packed, filled with uh, Friday evening, um, I get to know you. We bring in a trailblazer. Uh, she's beyond incredible, which is uh, to not only form the cohort and create this bond, um, but also kind of set the tone for really what this three-month journey with each other is going to be. Um, it kind of begins with like intentions and um, vision and where you are and blah, 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 but also really bringing people together. And then the Saturday and Sunday are um, a mix of workshops, panels, um, and time with us and the cohort themselves to really pull out these various themes, mostly um, creating, crafting their roadmap in essence for these three months and beyond, knowing that this is not at all a final product. This is the beginning of a journey, if not a lifelong journey, um, but really starting to consciously be aware of the things you care about, the things that fill you with joy, the things that you ideally want, all of that to really start to know where we could um, bring that out and, and embrace all of that. Um, and then, yeah, various topics. This past cohort, we had a money mindfulness um, one-on-one. We had an empathy building workshop. Elise taught uh, storytelling through movement. I taught a breaking down the text. Those, again, were like our only um, like technique stuff. Then we had a panel that was about um, health and wellness. So we had voice, mental, and physical health and wellness. We had three individuals on that panel uh, to discuss that. Oh, we had an, uh, like, uh, it was like more about the state of the industry auditions, all of that, like a more like logistical conversation. Um, and that was our first weekend. Uh, Elise, you can take off from there. Yeah. So then first weekend, first month. And then from there, it moves into um, like biweekly programming of community calls and art shares, which is, you know, coming together um, often with a a plan that Jennifer and I have of uh, what are the big themes we're seeing? What are the conversations that we really want to address, but also time for each artist to uh, come forward with something that they're working through or that's challenging them or just something that they want to ask for support or share because we're working on that, that uh, building that muscle of being able to ask for what we need Um, sharing what's in process, not what's a product. So we've been, so that's what the art share pieces. And then we've had uh, two guest uh, panels as well. So we had one on um, artists as change makers, which was magically the day that uh, Biden and Kamala Harris won the election. It was literally what, like an hour after that announcement. So it was wow. actual pure magic um, with just an incredible, incredible panel of trailblazers really talking about how we as artists can show up in the world to cultivate change, what we can do from our our place, um, our point, our, you know, our, our sphere of influence, um, which was incredibly profound and meaningful. Um, and then we just yesterday had one on how to be a multi-hyphenate. So how do we mm-hmm. embrace multiple strengths, multiple disciplines, and nurture that and go forward doing, you know, many things, not, uh, not, restricting ourselves to do one thing only because that's often how we're taught is the only way to achieve excellence or get anywhere in one's career, right? Um, And then it's uh, this cohort, we did a lot of one-on-one private coachings with our artists as well. And we've had, uh, we have like a Slack community. So it's Hmm. check-ins, ongoing conversations with one another. Um, We ended up having an impromptu community call after the artist is change makers panel just because there's a lot going on that week um, and we needed to hold space for that and 
So it really becomes, you know, it's this weekend workshop that's really well crafted for what are the big themes, the big, the biggest conversations, the biggest, um, the biggest uh, habits or intentions or ways of thinking that we want to start establishing with the cohort. And then from there, we really mold it in whatever they're needing. So whatever that specific group is needing to take steps forward towards their vision. Um, this time, it was really easy to find those common themes. Uh, and we'll keep doing that so that it's crafted for them specifically. Um, am I missing anything in there? I don't. No, I think I think so that was it. Yeah, but so... I think the I mean the coolest part too, honestly. I, I mean, deep down, I think we hoped for this, but really, it's like happening. It's just this idea of, you know, you're never finished learning and growing, you know. And on every single one of these panels, you know, Elise and I have have brought in specific trailblazers that we are like, you are the person to talk about this. And so often so many of them are like, are you sure? And we're like, yes, it's you. A. We're like, but I haven't done, no, 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 stop it. It's you. Right. Or they're on this panel and they're like, they know they need to be there because that is who they are. And then while they're there, they're like, wait, sorry, give me a second. I, I, I have something to say, but I'm taking a note. What you just said, fellow trailblazer is like the coolest thing that I now on in my notebook as like my post-it. And this idea, you know, like my mind during, for example, yesterday's um, the multi-hyphenate panel was like being, I'm a very much a multi-hyphenate individual and my mind is being blown by other fellow multi-hyphenates. To be able to hold these conversations with other artists, to see that literally everyone forever in our lives are always in process. And that's part of like the joy of being an artist, you know, and that really embracing and truly loving on the fact that like, the end result is actually going to stop you from growing and developing and learning, right? This, this being in that like growth actually is encouraging your artistry to take 80,000 steps more forward. Um, and this symbiotic relationship that's also happening with not just us in the cohort, but the trailblazers in the cohort. We had one of the trailblazers from our weekend workshop just came to like observe yesterday's panel because they're like, I want to be here to like be a part of this conversation because like, why wouldn't I? It's like, yeah, of course, come, right? And so how cool is it to also just be creating this community that isn't just the cohort, isn't just the trailblazers, isn't just Elise and myself, but also now you know, just more and more individuals who are like, this is the way that the industry, this community should be and show up for one another and support one another and hold that space. Um, I mean, I guess that's like the ultimate vision is like, we need to change the way that this industry is so that it's more inclusive across all things. But why not start with holding a space that everyone feels welcome and in growth and um, open? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so back to that like original question of habits, I'd say we're we're really more focused on um, building intentional mindful practices. Um, there may be something that is a, a healthy habit, you know. I you know I want to make sure I'm drinking X amount of water every single day, and that is aligned to this area of my wellness that I know needs more energy investment. Yes. Um, but more we're looking at it as like, what is that like mindful, uh, what are, what are the mindful intentional ways in which we show up for that whole artist wellness for our vision as an artist? Um, and if habit is a tool, like building a habit is a tool that serves one of the artists, then absolutely. Um, habit can also be one of those words that can be really, um, unhappy uh for many people so uh so i'm one of those people habits like that word <laughs> i will run i'll run yes. yeah but we do a lot of um you know holding space for how do you drop into your body and listen to your body how do we you know we get stuck in here or stuck in the industry or the world's shoulds coulds would haves must do's you know like you get a lot of that external feedback from every everywhere you look so we're much more about how do you drop into yourself how do you listen to your body how do you listen to your own intuition and figure out what it is that you need and only you get to decide that um we will show you i don't know 15 plus examples of incredible trailblazers and ourselves and the things that we're working on and that work for us. And you'll be exposed to a million different methods and perspectives and ways of thinking. And then we'll guide you to assess for your own self, what is most right for you? What is the right next step for you? What are the things you need to show up more authentically in your art? 
if that if that helps. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. And it just it's really incredible the amount of resources that you all have combined just with all these people that you know, trailblazers, yourselves. Um, I think that's really, really cool. And I also love what you're talking about, Elise, with this idea of really self-care, which I think just doesn't get talked about a lot at all in the path of artists. There's always kind of as an artist, a need to perform or to put things out there into the world, but how to take a step back and focus on what's going on with you internally is so crucial. And the fact, especially, and I'm this is leading to a question too, um, but thinking about people who are just starting off in their careers, like how important that is to develop that early on. Um, yeah. Like I know when we were first starting, one of our trailblazers, when we reached out to them, they were like, and we, and we ended up, uh, you know, like talking to, to her at, uh, at length. And she was like, God, if, if only I had this when I was starting out. And what was so interesting when we were just starting this was that was really the feedback we were getting. We had no idea if it was going to be successful. Again, it was a beta test. Like we didn't know if we'd have people sign up. We didn't know any of that. Hmm. And it was like, how do you promote something to individuals who don't know that it's something that frankly they're going to need right but everybody of our you know of our generation was like gosh if only I had this when I was starting out you know like myself included like gosh if only I had this right and it's really that has been like the common theme for so many of my friends my community it's like if only I had this right and again it just it's exactly what you're saying of like people don't necessarily know what they're missing until you tell them. Right. It's or so like, how do you tell someone like truly like we're, you're going to want to take care of yourself. So like, come join us. Like let's help <laughs> you cultivate those skills so that you can do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just soaking all that in. I mean, what you're offering is such an amazing program. I'm imagining that there's a lot of demand, like a lot of people. And especially as you're embarking on going into the second cohort, what is the application process like for joining Empowered Artists Collective? And is it only people who are starting out or is it kind of a range of actors at all levels in their career? Yeah, it's a really, really good question um, for this. Well, in general, when Elise and I uh, first sat down to talk about this, a huge part of both of our um, belief systems uh, is about creating the industry that we want to be a part of, that uh, we want to see. And what does that mean? Uh, it means that we wanted to create a space for everyone in an inclusive, diverse, equitable environment. Um, and that meant that from the start, we built an infrastructure that was uh, had scholarship ingrained into it. Um, it. It was it's a huge part of. Um, can I say numbers? I guess uh, you know, thirteen of our fourteen cohort members are on scholarship of some capacity. Uh-huh. Um, so what that means is we have um, a BIPOC uh, scholarship, which is uh, we have a few of those that are uh, full, uh, full, whole thing. Um, and then we have partial scholarships for those who uh, might need it as well. Um, both of those have specific applications. Um, and this past cohort, we did not have a general application. It was if you wanted to um, join, you could. Um, but we actually realized that this application process is is kind of integral for uh, creating a cohort in a community that is safe, that is in alignment with them and in alignment with what we're building, right? We don't just want anyone to be there. We want to make sure that you will benefit from being a part of this and and we will be able to help you be a part of it, right? And if it's not a good fit, then uh, we don't want to to just welcome anyone in. Um, I think that's a huge thing that we've learned. And so this next application process, we are um, having, uh, sorry, this next cohort, we are having an application process for everyone. Um, as in, if that is something that you want to do, we are going to invite you to fill out an application. Um, and it's really for us to get to know you 
so that we could uh, see and learn if if we're the right fit for you. So Alyssa, going back to your question, like can anyone, or maybe it was you, Lauren, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm like struggling right now with, there we go. Got it. My FaceTime came back on. Here I am. Um, <laughs> so the, this idea that anybody could join, yes. But um, I think it's more a matter of like, where you are personally at in your own journey, if this is something that you need, and no one can define that except for you. Very long-winded answer. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, I want to. I want to add to that too. That like we are very specifically a community for cis women, trans women, and non-binary folk who feel comfortable in a space that centers the experience of women. Um, so. It, it isn't just open to any artist. Um, and that's really important because of the conversations that we're having in the space that we want to hold um, for that unique experience of women in the arts. Um, and also we use the phrase emerging artists, right? You could, It's not about age, like the age of this cohort ranges from 18 to late twenties. It really is about where you're at in your journey, but, but this is for those that are starting in that journey, whether you're starting you haven't entered yet, or you're a few years in, you know, that's up to you. But this is not a space that's particularly designed for someone who's been in it for a while. Um, Again, like what Jennifer said, it's up to you to decide. This is part of why we have that application process too, but um, to make sure that we're the right fit for one another. But we are really about helping those artists that are, that are beginning in, in a career in the arts um, versus, I've been here for a long time and maybe it's not working right now. Um, that also is a need. That also is a need that needs to be served. This may not be the right fit for that, for that need, if that makes sense. Yes. Thank you for, for clarifying that. Yeah. So I do have one more question. Just because this has come up on a few episodes and you're both multi-hyphenates, do, you, do either of you have any advice that you would want to share with potential multi hyphenates. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's coming like right off of uh our panel yesterday. I feel like there oh my god, there was so much wisdom dropped on this panel. I'm I feel like I'm still processing, but you know, it was interesting. I, I'm going to I'm going to answer your question through like one of the people had asked, or actually it was asked multiple times in many different ways this idea of like balance right? I feel like so often when somebody thinks of a multi-hyphenate, they're like, well, how do you balance this? How do you do all these things equally? Or how, you know, and I think when it was asked, I, I guess I anticipated or expected the panelists and our trailblazers to like talk about it in a, in, in a specific way. And they didn't. And what was so interesting to me was they talked about this idea, all of them in their own way of like, showing up to the quote unquote multi-hyphenate part of yourself on the day in the moment that fills you with joy that like you are drawn to right and this idea that you know yes I am an actor yes I am a coach yes I'm a teaching artist yes I'm a singer yes now I'm a co-founder yes I'm all these things but today when I woke up this morning what did I want to be doing I wanted to be focusing on x again, going back to our initial point, like just because I'm not doing all those other hats doesn't mean I'm not those other hats while I'm focusing on this one hat, right? And then the next day I wake up and maybe that hat is still the one I want to be focusing on. Those other hats are still not going anywhere. So I guess to answer the question of like for people wanting to embrace their multi-hyphenate self, I feel like, again, so often other people are defining who we are. And that is something that you can only define for yourself. If you think that you are X, Y, and Z, then you are you are. No one can tell you otherwise. Perhaps you need to strengthen those skills. Perhaps you need to like learn more to become the better version of yourself as that, but you are still that if you decide that you are and you want to do that, right? So I say embrace the curiosity. Um, If you are drawn to something that you never really thought you might be, go there, see how you feel. If it fills you with joy, if it fills you with excitement, if it fills you with like excitable nerves, like your body is responding in a way that maybe lean in, you know, if, if you go and are doing something that somebody has told you for years, that this is something you should be doing and you are feeling all sorts of resistance and your body responds and your voice, your mind, your heart shuts down or reacts and some, your body's telling you something, 
And that's not to say you won't be that thing in 10, five, two years, two months. But in the moment right now, that's not what's going to serve you best. Um, so curiosity is a huge one. Um, trusting that your body knows what it needs, that your mind and heart knows what it actually needs to really trust your intuition. Um, and that growth is an, is on a spectrum and it's always something that you're going to want, frankly, to, um, continue doing. So it's possible to continue adding and subtracting different hats. Um, and only you get to decide what they are for yourself. Oof. Yeah. Wow. All of that, and I'll say like being a multi-hyphenate and for me a multi-hyphenate that straddles both, you know, the art within the arts community and within a more nonprofit uh, uh, corporate America type community. I've learned that that vision is really important. Um, that vision of where you want to go, understanding like how each hat that you're wearing points you in that direction or when a hat that you're wearing no longer points you in that direction. Um, curiosity for me has been my compass, um, but specifically what energizes me versus what's draining me, you know? So sometimes uh, something that I was really passionate about for a while that really felt aligned with that vision has become something that consistently drains me. Is that a way, is there a way in which I can offload some of that work for example, get admin help so that that can stop draining me? Or is it that that larger commitment is no longer energizing me, no longer serving that greater vision for, for my life? Um, I also like to remind people that do many things that we live life in seasons. Um, you can take a season to focus mm -hmm. on one priority and you can take another season to focus on a different priority. I think the courage comes in that transition. We sometimes stay uncomfortably comfortable because this is what we know, but I do believe that life gets to be in seasons. You know, I am a woman who's married and curious when this next season of expanding my family might happen, but I also can't fathom the concept of letting go of all of the projects on my plate. I don't have the answer to that, but what I know is my life will be in seasons and I whether that's a three-year season, a 10-year season, I don't know, but you're not closing a door just because you choose a different priority for a moment in time. And that has really been something I've worked really, really hard on. That was something that was really hard when I chose to transition to getting a master's and getting experience outside of the arts and really still caring for my identity as a dancer um, and what that means and my value the value of my artistic voice, even if that's not my, if it's not a season of priority. Um, and then I'm going to say this last piece, which is blew my freaking mind. And I have to say is from story, one of our trailblazers yesterday um, in the call. She, I have often been told um, a jack of all trades is a master of none. I don't, I'm mm -hmm. sure we've all heard this quote, right? And, uh, you know, especially growing up as as a dancer, more in the classical ballet realm, you must, you know, the 10,000 hours concept, you must dedicate yourself to have excellence in one area. Um, how could you possibly be a thriving actor if you are also doing, you know, something else? Can you, can you be a professional dancer and a choreographer? No, you must pick one route or the other. We, we hear these, these themes, these external feedback a lot, but if we actually take a step back and look at this full quote, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. And that for me was like, now there's possibility, right? Like that quote hit me so freaking hard yesterday because it's how I've felt. And I never understood that I wasn't, I wasn't taking into context the full quote. <laughs> we're also not, to, again, it's the feedback that other people tell me. We were never told, I was never told the whole quote. Why was I never, never. told the whole quote, right? Yeah. And yeah, when Story dropped this yesterday on the panel, the, you could feel the energy in the Zoom room be like, what is that? Like, just be, and it's exactly the, it just goes back to the same point. Like we took this feedback of you're a jack of all trades as this negative thing, not knowing the full context. And now knowing the full quote, it's like, wait, <laughs> wait, what wow. I'm doing is exactly what the quote is about. Yeah. And only you get to decide. I mean, only you get to decide what the right path is for you. Only you have your vision. 
only you get to decide what linear or nonlinear path forward you choose towards that vision. The industry does not get to decide. Your parents do not get to decide. Your school, your mentors do not get to decide. Only you do. And I've actually found there's a lot more beauty, um, a lot more innovation, a lot more possibility in the mess of it all than in following a linear path. And that takes a lot of courage. But I think multi-hyphenates are required to do that because you wear a million hats at any given moment. Um, So if you're a multi-hyphenate, hit Jennifer and I up. We will surround you with... (laughs) <laughs> love so and, and understanding and celebration <laughs> that's beautiful oh my gosh yes to all of that I'm so glad that I followed my instinct to ask that question because that was so incredibly valuable and we will not cut it <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's exactly what we're talking about. Like you, your body knew your body yeah. was like, I will regret it if I don't ask this question. And what, like what a disservice I would be doing to myself if I don't actually lean in. So good on you for listening to your body and do that all the time. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah, it's as easy as that, right? It's just so, it's such a simple thing. <laughs> oh yeah, completely. Totally. <laughs> Well, Jennifer, Elise, thank you so much for coming on Positive Creativity. I, Jennifer, we've met before. Elise, we've never met. And this was just, it was so cool to see both of you, just to see both of you communicating together across, again, the computer screen. It's just so clear what an amazing partnership this is. And I am so excited to see what happens with your second cohort so congrats it's why I mean we're literally like I feel like when this episode comes out we're going to be in the process of like trying to fill our new cohort um which is if you're listening to this right now and you're curious go into empoweredartistcollective.com and apply (laughs) but like it's it's wild right to think that like where we are right now like we're going to be in the throes of the next chapter the next time and I can't wait to like keep you all in the loop too I feel like it's now again like you're part of this community too you know it's like you're not not in us I don't mean like us I mean in part arts collective now that you've chatted about it cool thank you so much thank you so much for listening we always love hearing from you you can email us at positivecreativitypodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at positivecreativitypodcast. And for more info on our guest today, please view the show notes. Join us next time on Positive Creativity Podcast.